Welcome to the Fundraising Elevator, where we're all headed up. This podcast is a production of ElevateNonprofit.com, an online learning platform for fundraising event professionals. We're coming to you today from the studios of the AV department. Please welcome our hosts, Kristen Steele and Samantha Swaim. Welcome to the Fundraising Elevator, where we're all headed up. Today, we're going to talk about fundraising on Twitch, and I'm super excited to have Josh joining us today. Um, I think it's an area that is new for a lot of our nonprofit listeners, so I'm excited to dive in into how to use Twitch, how to use streaming, how to use influencers in fundraising goals. So, Kristen, let's introduce our audience to Josh. Josh, this is the formal part oh. of the podcast. Hold on. Hold on. Sit up straight. Sit up straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's- You got this. With (laughs) lifelong passions for games, narratives, and people, Josh Boykin honed his career around helping others with storytelling of all kinds. A writer, public speaker, live streamer, event host, and more, Josh ties together a wide range of experiences to provide insight and connection around media and the world we live in. In 2015, Josh founded IntelliGame. Treating games as literature, Josh uses video, board, and card games to build community and lead discussions around politics, social justice, media literacy, and more. He also founded Crit Save Consulting, helping companies of all kinds with a range of services, including narrative design, cultural sensitivity, and Twitch fundraising campaigns. He's raised over $50,000. Thank you. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap. clap. (laughs) Across a number of small donor events for charity and was an adjunct professor at NYU teaching streaming and content creation. In addition... Samantha and I are lucky enough to be neighbors. <laughs> Welcome true. to the podcast, Josh. Thank you. It's uh, it's good to be here, and of course, uh, it's always I, I always consider it a gift anytime I get to spend time with you two. Thank so, you. Yeah, this to be is able getting to do it and, good already. I know. I love this. <laughs> so, um, Josh, for the Luddites among us, myself included, what is Twitch? Sure, uh, a, a very solid starting point. So uh, a lot of people at this point are going to be familiar with live streaming as a whole, whether you're watching it perhaps more likely on Facebook, on YouTube, on TikTok. Uh, Twitch is yet another live streaming platform, though Twitch, basically its niche is generally around gaming. So it started back as a, another site, Justin TV, but it's uh, primarily a place where folks will go and they will live stream playing all kinds of different games. Uh, there also is a really large, what they call just chatting audience where people will Ooh, just- What does know, that mean? Um, it mean like in the same way that if you were recording a podcast or uh, if you're in just a single individual looking at a camera and you're reading text chat and responding to what's happening, you're vlogging about your day, that kind okay. of thing. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's uh, and just chatting is one of the most- popular channels generally on Twitch. And so I think that's part of why some people may be under the impression that, oh, if I'm not playing a game, streaming a game, perhaps I'm not supposed to be on Twitch. It's still one of the most popular live streaming platforms in general, whether you're playing a game, running a, a an event, a fundraiser, uh, whether you're just out and about, that kind of thing. It's a it's a pretty ubiquitous platform. I've seen it as an education tool too. I've logged into all sorts of like craft, not like crafty craft, but people who are skilled teaching their skills. So yeah. anything from like music to cooking. I mean, we have a very good friend who is just blown up as an influencer running True. a cooking show on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. The idea that you can just like set up cameras in your home and have a broadcast channel. Yeah. And I think part of what makes Twitch so successful is that it's relatively easy to use. And so whether you're you could press a button from your cell phone on the Twitch app and be live streaming in a heartbeat. But you also can have these more robust setups that allow you to do things like have alerts show up. <clears throat> Pardon me. Have alerts show up on screen uh, when somebody does something like uh, make a donation or all, all kinds of things. You can have it honestly look as complex as a like full on newscast. And uh, it's it's pretty interesting being able to mix and match some tools so that whether you are first getting started and just need an easy way in, or you're looking to make something that feels like a more professional high-end experience, it all can make its way through Twitch. 
So I've heard Twitch channels, just mm-hmm. kind of on the like global what is Twitch question. I've heard that people create their own channels that people can follow. So for our nonprofit audience, I would say if you are not a Twitch user and you want to figure out how this can be a platform for fundraising, just start by tuning into someone's channel, right? Like you could just go search a topic and find someone who's streaming about it. Is that right? Absolutely. And I think the the key when you're first getting started, it's kind of like being on much any platform when you, you know, aren't following a lot of people or whatnot, you're kind of like, I don't know where to get started. Am I doing this right? <laughs> right. That's how it, I always think. Exactly. And I think, especially for folks who may be looking at this from a fundraising perspective and not really have a, a, a gaming background, the sites, the the channels that Twitch is most likely to recommend to you when you first get started are going to be their very high visibility very popular, usually gaming-centric channels. Okay. So I, I would not necessarily use that as your sort of like, how do I get used to the idea of what Twitch is? Instead, like thinking of organizations that you already may oh. be interested in uh, that are small to mid-size, um, being able to see if they have channels, if they have videos that are archived on their channels so that even if they're not live, you could still watch a rebroadcast essentially of what they were uh, originally doing. Or thinking about a just an interest that you have personally and searching for that. So if you're thinking of uh, a favorite book series, if you're a Marvel fan and want to look up talk shows of people talking about Marvel things, like it's like looking for something on YouTube. You can find a number of topics just by by searching. So fundraising campaign. Yes. And thinking about Twitch and a fundraising campaign. Yes. So again, for the Luddites in the room. <laughs> How does that work? So it's probably worth it to start with a basic sort of, if you are on Twitch, what are you doing? And I think that that helps illuminate how fundraising works well on Twitch. So if you, as the streamer, you know, you're at your computer, you're at your cell phone, whatever the thing is, you press the button and go live, um, you are interacting in almost real time with an audience that's watching you and participating via a text chat. So there's usually about four to six seconds of delay, give or take, um, which is important technically, but not for me to keep talking about right now. (laughs) So, um, So the, as you are doing whatever the thing is, whether you're playing a game, whether you're talking with an audience, whether you're running your live stream, uh, your uh, fundraising event, you're also able to see in real time a chat feed that is going on uh, in text where anybody from their cell phone, from their uh, computer, wherever can be interacting. There are, um, and, and between that, what you end up with is a very responsive, very engaging space to be able to create an experience for folks that is unlike watching a a YouTube video or something after the fact. So when you're streaming an event, Mm -hmm. oftentimes in your case, you're doing, you're gaming. Right. So when you're streaming and then you overlay a fundraising element, how are you setting that up? Like explain the functionality of that. Sure. So um, I primarily, and I I won't get too heavy into technical details because I, and I know we'll talk a little bit about the technical details later, um, but I use a piece of software called OBS. It's open broadcasting software. Okay. And basically it allows you to have a window open that says anything that is in this little window gets transmitted via the Twitch tubes onto other people's screens. So I can, uh, in the same way that again, like if it were a new studio and you might see them switch from camera one to camera two, the forecast for the weather shows up and now you see the the weather person and they've got the, you know, big screen behind you. Green screen, like clouds moving. Right. Yeah. Um, those are the ways that you're able to change what your viewer is looking at. Okay. So when I'm streaming, for instance, uh, a game, I basically have a camera. I have like myself in the corner uh, in a small way. I have most of the screen is dedicated to showing the game because okay. that's generally the most exciting part. 
not to not to talk myself down, but <laughs> yeah. um, but when a fundraiser happens to come in, and this is actually even when I'm just streaming in general, people are able to interact with chat by making donations if they're like, I really appreciate this stream and I would like you to be able to continue streaming under capitalism. <laughs> then they can make a donation. They can subscribe to the channel so that they, you know, are paying a certain amount of money every month. Um, that allows them to get access to special sort of like emoticons, emo, you know, emojis that they can use in chat. But when you're running a fundraiser in particular, it also gives you the opportunity to essentially have um, real-time interactions take place based on if they make a donation to the organization, if you have a, a connection to a particular fundraiser. I can make it so that a special image shows up on screen, that a special sound effect plays. Uh, you can have essentially, you know, the the thermometer uh, okay. that keeps track of how much has been donated over time. We love a good thermometer. Donor, right? You know? <laughs> um, and so there, when running the fundraiser, it's generally a, an interaction of those elements. Pardon me. Uh, the, you know, whatever is sort of your main show, if you were, you know, running an in-person event, it might be your live speaker, that kind of thing. Okay. And then uh, generally across the top of the screen or wherever you would like, uh, your thermometer that shows how much is being raised. And then uh, just sort of popping up occasionally when your donations happen, whatnot, maybe your special image, your sound that plays uh, to basically reinforce that that action of donation. So a lot of the similar similar elements that we've been utilizing right. in the virtual event portion of perhaps either just a virtual event or a hybrid event broadcast. Absolutely. So I'm thinking specifically, you're on a stream channel. You decide, hey, today I want to raise money for the puppies. How <laughs> does that interaction of the dollar actually work? So are you putting up a sort of engagement where folks can make a donation using a credit card that goes into your account and you make a gift to the puppies? Or is it something where you have to have an agreement in advance with the puppies that money is coming <laughs> and that you set it up into their bank account? So there are three ways that I would, I would based on that description, I, I would say there are three primary ways that people can fundraise on Twitch. Uh, the first one, which is the one I recommend the least, is somebody makes a donation to me, I take the money from my account, make a donation to organization. Okay. This is the most effective when organizations are very small, yeah. very local. Um, if you're dealing with something like mutual aid that may not have a, right, that um, same you know, that may not have that same infrastructure. Um, I, as a streamer, still want to be able to raise money, raise awareness for the things that I care about. Uh, the place that feels a little uncomfortable is that when that money is coming into your account, you're yeah. like, okay, is there a potential tax liability that I'm taking on? There um, is. What kind of, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, cause that's income. And even if I, yeah. you know, send it back out, that kind of thing. So that's the one that I recommend the least, but I also recognize and, and think it is useful in those situations. Yeah. Um, the second one is to be able to work with an organization that has a really established infrastructure and then you're able to essentially utilize their infrastructure. Yep. So uh, St. Jude's, for instance, uh, runs a number of events over the course of uh, over the year. Uh, Children's Miracle Network hospitals will do that. And so they have an entire infrastructure where you will register under their site. You can start an entire fundraising team. Um, and then they tie into a number of tools that streamers are more familiar with. Uh, to be able to have alerts show up on screen, help people make donations with a credit card, that kind of thing. So they're setting up the infrastructure of the giving platform, the thermometer, the bank accounts, the transaction, and then they're sharing it out with streamers. So streamers can tap in and say, today I want to raise money for the Miracle Children's Network. Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So the infrastructure on the nonprofit is like creating a toolkit or something that the streamers can use. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would say that when when thinking about interacting with live streamers as fundraisers, um, you want to think about folks primarily as live streamers. So we have a, you know, whether they are uh, people who play games and bring in this sort of educational element like I do, um, whether they're people who do more just chatting, that kind of thing, they have a a habit and an audience and an audience that is accustomed to that interaction. And so as the the fundraising organization, the question is like, how can I make their job easier? Yep. And so when you have, again, the, you know, the, the network of Children's Miracle Network hospitals, um, you can put together more of those things on your own infrastructure. And that allows them to also 
bring in a lot of donation data, be able to loop back with particular streamers and say, oh, you were top fundraisers. Now, the the middle space, and this is actually my favorite space to talk about because it's actually really accessible to pretty much any size organization, so long as you're a 501c3, um, is to register through um, through a piece of essentially donation software. Uh, Donation software is not quite the right word, but a donation service. Like a platform. So yes, platform. Okay. Thank you. Um, so Tiltify is the one that I oh, am right. most familiar yep. with. We've used that with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what Tiltify does is it essentially acts as a, uh, a, a, a liaison where you can say, I'm going to set up this overlay. I'll be able to have sound alerts and have all of the different things so that when I run my fundraiser for your organization, I don't even have to reach out to your organization so long as you've done the setup through Tiltify. Um, I can just look you up in their giant list of whatever, say I'm running a fundraiser for you, and then I have everything that I need as a streamer to be able to to make that happen, to uh, also make sure that when people are donating money, it essentially goes to Tiltify, and then Tiltify does a payout to the organization. Got it. And Got so it. that allows me to not have to deal with dollars that are not mine, which is really important. There are other or there are other platforms that allow you to do that as well. Um, Twitch has created an integrated system for fundraising that okay. is not quite up to speed yet, okay. in my opinion. But but they're working Getting on it. Getting there, yeah. Um, I believe there's another one. Donors donors choose. Uh, there are there are a number of other platforms, but the one that I have found the most familiarity and the most success with has been Tiltify. Well, and what's great about that is the alleviating burden, alleviating a burden for both the streamer who's stepped in to do good, right? right? Mm-hmm. For and on behalf of the organization. It also alleviates burden on organization to keep reinventing the wheel every time and sort of sets up an infrastructure and a mechanism for this to happen. Precisely. Yep. So before we take a commercial break, I want to share just a little bit about a fundraiser you did that I tapped into, uh, totally stalking you. I was like, oh, Josh is fundraising today. Let's see what he's doing. So um, I logged into a fundraiser that you were running. And in that fundraiser, you were playing a video game while you were raising money for a cause that you cared a lot about. And as you were playing the video game, you have a talent that you can actually play the video (laughs) game and tell stories. But as you were playing the video game, you were telling stories about why this cause was important to you and why you were raising money for the cause. And you were teaching us, which is very brand aligned for you with IntelliGame, of what the game overlap was with the cause. So you were teaching us as we went about mutual aid, about what the resources were going to be used for, about you know what kind of impact this organization was having while you were playing a game that you started to kind of pull the same narrative thread through. So you have an incredible skill set, but thank you. I want to highlight that you were using some key elements we use a lot in fundraising. You were thanking donors as they gave. So you were recognizing the donor and giving them gratitude as they gave. So there was a sort of incentive of like, ooh, I want to be on the broadcast. I'm going to give. <laughs> you were also telling story narrative throughout to keep people longer and keep people sort of participating. And then you had an element of incentive or sort of, I really want to reach this goal by this time. And now let's, we reached it. We did it. Cheers. Let's increase the goal. Let's see what we can do in the next hour. So we putting kind of like an urgency to the fundraising around a time-based element. So mm-hmm. Kudos to you. You pulled in the thermometer, you pulled in the storytelling, you pulled in the recognition and the gratitude, and then you also created little like mini challenges throughout. And you raised, I mean, you like blew your fundraising goal out of the water that that campaign. Yeah, yeah it I was be- great. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, and I will, let, let's do put all the cards on the table. I did learn from a couple of the best. <laughs> um, so we, we, the, and legitimately when I, when I say that, it's because a number of the ways that I have learned how to fundraise currently were, you know, a lot of it was cutting my teeth, being able to collaborate with you and swing strategies, being able to see the ways that larger scale professional level fundraising would take these different cues, set up for different ideas, make sure that you're carrying your narrative and storytelling throughout. Yeah. And so when I believe this particular fundraiser was for the Minnesota Freedom Fund. It was, yeah. um, When this time came around, and of course it's an exceptionally like politically contentious moment, um, I as a black man and and absolutely furious as as many non-black men also were furious and and still are, frankly. 
But there was an ability that I had to be able to recognize not only my own personal feelings, but the ways in which when you're running an event, whether it's digital, whether it's a live stream, whatever, you're steering a ship. And people who are participating in that event are trusting where you are navigating. And so it was important for me not only to run the fundraiser because it was a moment where we needed to have these funds available for folks who were out there protesting and making our voices heard and the exceptional amount of discontent that certainly uh, was and is merited. But it also is important for me to leave people with the impression that even if you're not donating money, even if you are only here for five or 10 minutes, there was a reason that you were here. There's something to take away from this experience. And if you have a platform, even if you're not a dedicated fundraiser, you still have the opportunity to affect change in places that are important and impactful by working inside of your own toolkit, utilizing resources that are natural to you, a community that's invested in you and trusts you and cares about what you care about, and that you can use those resources for good. And so that for me was very important. And I honestly, um, it also meant a lot to me personally to see so many people who are not regular viewers of my stream come in and participate and donate or just say a thing because it it reinforced to me like there is a community out there of people who not only care about me but care about these causes and so I I I think that honestly it's the best possible situation of all worlds where you know, we're, we all are able to reinforce each other while also putting energy, energy towards something impactful. We say all the time people give to people and that's just a, a prime example behind it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and I think also what's really the heartbeat behind some of what you're saying that I love too is that technology can actually create immediacy and intimacy and utilization of that first person seat and point of view is one of the most powerful ways we get to connect around missions that are critical for us. And so um, I think, you know, when people hear Twitch and campaigns and all of a sudden, you know, smoke's already maybe coming out there, you're thinking about technology, but seeing the opportunity of having a first person storyteller yeah. speaking about your cause and bringing their community into that space and them affording their trust to your organization. It's a really precious thing and it's also a really powerful opportunity. So um, thanks for that. Um, well, let's take a little pause. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the, like, how do, how do we approach this? Especially because we have a lot of listeners who maybe have never even tuned into Twitch. So yeah. we'll be back in just a second. Absolutely. The Fundraising Elevator is recorded at the AV Department in Portland, Oregon. For years, they've been our trusted partner, delivering exceptional audiovisual production and videography for nonprofits. In 2020, they transformed into a dynamic live streaming studio, producing more than 900 virtual and hybrid events. Now, we embark on an exciting journey together to bring you this podcast. Seeking the best in live events, video production, and live streaming? We proudly recommend our friends at the AV department. Link in the episode description. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Josh talking about Twitch fundraising. So let's dive a little bit more into the specifics in the house. Sure. So we talked about Tiltify. Let's talk about other tools that the nonprofit can provide the streamer to help ensure great success in oh. this online fundraising campaign. That, uh, that, that's a really good thought process to go through. And I think especially because a number of the tools that you could provide a streamer for additional success are relatively easy to put together. Okay. Um, I, I honestly find a lot of value in having a stream kit. So oh. this is essentially a bundle of resources that somebody could just, in the same way that you might download uh, a a logo package from a, an organization. Yep. Okay. Um, so this is essentially a, uh, this might be a, a 1920 by 1080, just your typical 16 by 9, like if you were making something for, uh, you know, Instagram. Or image, a, a, a normal logo. image, right. Okay. Um, but with some holes cut out. So I can say here, you know, here's the sort of 
a little frame for your organization and maybe your colors or your logo, that kind of thing. And then I can plug the game in or my camera or whatever where I need. So like a PowerPoint slide almost. Yeah, actually. The, the, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like a, like a PowerPoint slide. Okay. Um, to it, give it like a look and an aesthetic that looks like the brand. Absolutely. Okay. Um, it's also really helpful to have some, uh, some specific, if you have specific verbiage that you want uh, streamers to talk about, if you have a particular, like a breakdown, having a couple of specific log lines of just like, here are three bullet point lines that you could use word for word if you wanted to talk about the organization. And then also, here's the word we never use yeah. yes. in relationship. I think that's important. I think yeah. it's helpful to give people the, we speak of our clients this way or we speak of our mission this way and we don't ever use these frames. We have an organization we work with that's a school and they, they're they like, yes, we serve children, but we don't talk about them as children or kids. We talk about them as our scholars. Sure. So having that like context, I think, is a good helpful tool to have. Yeah, it is. I, I think it's really important to be able to give those guidelines because streamers, especially folks who are a little less experienced, really appreciate having some of those guide rails. The place where I would I would also remind folks is that streamers are generally not folks who, they, they may not be directly connected to your organization. Right. And so- Everybody brings their own level of experience. <laughs> uh-huh. in, Hopefully personal connection. And, vo- and voice. Certainly. Yeah. 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 To the to the platform. And so that means that there may be some spaces where uh, somebody in talking to their audience does, you, you know, call them kids or children, that kind of thing. Um, and that's a situation to be ready for. But understand that, like, your your goal is to provide the tools for success and also let them be able to innovate or, you know, iterate in a way that yeah. – is representative of your brand, but also is resonant with their community. I mean, it's third-party fundraising. So we have to keep in in mind that this isn't someone paid on your staff who's gone through all the training. So um, within that, thinking through the tools that you can scaffold them for success, but also know that there's some magic moments that are going to happen. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. That that are all well-intended and are all intended to sort of highlight your mission and continue raising resource for you. Absolutely. And I would, I would recommend, um, I believe it's the uh, university of Michigan has a, a really big, uh, tie in fundraising, uh, with like streaming and that kind of thing. So being able to look at their resources and see, uh, the ways that they, uh, the, the ways that they put a kit together or uh, looking up Extra Life, which is the Children's Miracle Network fundraiser. Um, being able to download one of their asset packages can put you sort of on the right path to figuring out what tools would be useful for us to get we'll as well. We'll go search for those and include those in the show notes so folks can just link to them quickly. Great. That's great. Okay, so logos, some visuals, some language, mm-hmm. some talking points. Um one of the things that I think is helpful for the nonprofit also to consider is a gift policy, sure. meaning uh, these are folks we partner with or these are folks we don't partner with. Occasionally, I found, especially in social justice work, that a business owner or an individual may have had a very public sort of guffaw, right? That they've offended someone, that they did something or said something that was a sort of negative move in the community. And they try to make amends by aligning with a nonprofit that is in support of that community. And I think it's important for the nonprofit sometimes to have some policy around that. Of We do partner in these ways and we don't partner in these ways. So that when that occurs and that business owner who's been all over the media for slandering someone is now suddenly trying to align with you by, I'm going to do a big fundraising campaign online for you. There's a very clear policy you can lean on that it's not personal. You don't have to call out the behavior. You don't have to have confrontation. You can simply say, I'm sorry, this isn't, it's against our policy. Here's our policy. So I think including a gift policy is helpful in any toolkit you're creating for a third party. See, this is where the knowledge of a a strategy organization like your own (laughs) is useful. Because, Because for me, when I think about the, it's like, yes, it's useful to have that gift policy because I, I instinctively think of just like, sometimes there are just not great people. And you're like, That's, yeah. no, I, I really don't want you throwing my name around. But particularly when you may have organizations that are larger, you know, having that discussion ahead of time means that you already have something set, particularly if it turns out it's somebody with a lot of platform. And yeah. now you have to make some really hard decisions yeah. about how much is the amount of money that could be coming into your organization? What is it worth? What is that value? And so having those conversations ahead of time and having a sense of your own clear guidelines makes those situations much easier to handle if slash when they occur. Yeah. Yep. 
I love it. Well, you have a tool you brought up that I wanted to ask more specifically. You talked about Tiltify. You talked about OBS. Tiltify is a processing tool for taking in revenue. OBS is a broadcasting tool for mm-hmm. kind of creating your own home studio setup and you know creating your own uh, news station. Right. Um, but you brought up a software tool with us called Soft Giving, and I want to know a little bit more about that because I think it's something that could be really useful to the nonprofit side of the equation. Yeah, absolutely. So Soft Giving, there are, there are organizations that are starting to pop up that recognize that nonprofits would like to be able to work with streamers, but the idea of finding streamers or influencers can be kind of convoluted, then trying to figure out how you reach out with them, coordinate whole nine yards. Um, you know, it's it's an entire job in itself, as mm-hmm. many organizations have found. And so um, organizations like Soft Giving essentially act as a liaison again. Um, they basically will partner with an organization and then they will go out and find streamers and try to reach out to them to have them do fundraisers. It's like a PR company almost for for connecting the two resources together. Absolutely. Um, I've worked with Soft Giving in the past, and basically the way that it happened was that I got an email in my inbox one day that said, hey, we've watched your streams. We like what you do. We were wondering if you'd like to run a fundraiser for us. Um, the advantage to me as a streamer that was different from many other opportunities was that they provided me budget. So... They were like, here's the amount of money that we'll be able to put towards your stream. Uh, This is the amount of money that we can put towards special gifts if you want to raffle things off as prizes for people who have donated. Um, This is the amount of money. Incentives for giving. (laughs) Yes. Um, Which a lot of people do, you know, and I think it's important to recognize that people do respond to those situations on stream the same way that they would in an in-person event. Um, I have found that a, a significant portion of my fundraising has been without incentives, not because I don't think they're useful, but because I can only juggle so many things in my head at one time. Right. Yep. I also have ADHD. And so there's an entire process between like, I've done this thing and now I have to ship you a thing. Oh, that it's, <laughs> oh it's a lot. And so um, I appreciate when folks are able to put together those, those donation incentives, that kind of thing. Um, and they so ship it out. They, I was going to say an organization like soft giving will be able to, uh, for me, they said, choose from this list, or if this list doesn't work, pick something that's going to be resonant with your community. We'll buy it. We'll handle the shipping. All you have to do is essentially, you know, bring the folks in. And SoftGiving has their own fundraising platform um, and integrations to be able to do some different types of, of donation incentives. I think the advantage of being able to work with an organization like that is that, of course, they're specifically trying to figure out how to how to make the process easier for streamers and how to create some more innovative donation specific tools. So um, there are organizations like that out there that can be pretty helpful for an org that is uh, trying to figure out how to find some folks. Now it does, it it is a, I will say it is a paid service. Yeah, of course, sure. um, Yeah. So the organization is paying for soft giving to be able to bring them into their sort of fold. But But that sort of acts as like, the expert in the space so that if they don't have an expert on their team, which every nonprofit professional wears 10,000 hats Absolutely. and yep. being a Twitch streamer probably isn't one of them or it might be, but for not for min- very many, right? that it gives them an expert to be the go-to that can then sort of can make those connections. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to come back after our next commercial break with a little bit of rapid fire for you. So um, let's take a break, let's hear from break. one of our partners and we'll come back and learn a little bit more about the house. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. Loving the fundraising elevator, but wondering how you can talk to Sam and Kristen? Well, now's your chance to do it. Book one-on-one consulting time with Swain Strategies experts, Sam, Kristen, and Mary, and get all your event questions answered. Our team has you covered on strategic planning, fundraising strategy, storytelling, data tools, and registration support. Get the tools and the help you need to make the most impact at your fundraising event. Book at ElevateNonprofit.com. The link is also in our show notes. Welcome back. So I suspect that we're going to have a couple of listeners that have the spark and idea of, why don't I try this? This sounds like it could be a useful tool for us. If they have 
a Twitch streamer that they follow, if they have sort of a, a fan uh, fandom for someone, how would they go about asking someone to run a fundraising event for them? Sure. So if you are, if you're planning on having somebody else or asking somebody else to do an event for you, um, honestly, it can be as easy as sending an email. Um, uh, it sometimes can be difficult to find a particular <laughs> a streamer's contact information. And especially if they're a larger streamer, yeah. if they're somebody that you heard of because you're um, in, insert uh, connection, watches them, and they have 1.2 million followers. Yeah, or the Beyonce of streaming. Yeah, yes, uh, okay. you know, these situations are going to be a little a little harder. But I think that one of the real benefits and strengths of online live streaming is that like anybody can do it and tap into their own community. Um, I think they're especially for folks who have like been on TikTok and there have been recent like trans rights fundraisers yeah. that have made millions of dollars. Yeah, millions. millions. I watched that fundraiser. It was amazing. Yeah. I, you know, the being able to connect with just people who care and then perhaps can build momentum uh, is really impactful. So uh, being able to reach out just with something as simple as an email, being able to send it, for, like sending that email from a professional email address is helpful. <laughs> my, my question as a streamer, whenever I get a new opportunity is, is this legitimate? Right. Will I be, will this Are potentially jeopardize? Exactly. Like what, what do I have to be nervous about? And if you can make it as evident as possible that like legitimate organization, we reached out to you because we know you and we, we feel like this is a good fit for us. Um, and also, you know, we, we, we care about your community. Those are the things that initially get me excited to at least have that initial conversation. I think, Oh, sorry. No, yeah. Oh. I, I think I think I think organizations, specifically our nonprofit friends, need to also remember that you have a brand. Right. Right. They have a brand that they're looking to align, but you also have a brand. Yeah, that's important. And a mission and a purpose. This is something that I've been um I've been learning as I've been growing in telegame and trying to look into not only different fundraising opportunities, but also sponsorships. Is that there are games out there, organizations that, you know, are willing to give money, but I have to figure out if they're a good fit for my brand. Yep. Yeah. And so I've and I, I'll admit, like I've run uh I've I've run sponsored streams for games where I'm like, well, I could see myself playing this at home, just kind of hanging out, whatnot. But it ends up not really being a good fit for the community because it's it, there's not a lot to talk about in, in you know in a literary sense, or um, you know it's one of those games where it's like there. This is a, a, a very conventional lowest common denominator game, which is doesn't necessarily fit the I don't want to call it academic, but a, a more thoughtful. Uh, style that we take for Intel games. So I think it is important to remember that, yeah, I, I, as the brand, am also evaluating, like, am I going to feel good doing this fundraiser? Am I going to be excited about raising money for this organization? And I would hope that if the organization was reaching out to me, it was because they felt that fit and that natural uh, opportunity there. So not a Twitch user. I'm wondering if I go and look at a Twitch page, am I able to find direct contact information for someone on Twitch? If the streamer has provided it. So there are, so there, there is a. <laughs> yes a, and. Right. Um, <laughs> there is a direct messaging inbox that can be open. Oh, okay. Um, it, it again is open to whether or not they're accepting DMs. Uh, it also, I will admit, like even as a streamer who's been streaming for, I guess, six years now or something like that, I miss stuff in that inbox all the time because it's not in a place that I regularly interact with. Right. When I have OBS open, that kind of thing, it doesn't show me my Twitch inbox. Got it. So generally the most effective way to reach out to a streamer is going to be through what they have provided as their direct contact. It might be a, um, it might be an email address. It might be a Instagram or yeah, yeah. a insert one of the 9,000 other now existing social media places that are not the bird site. And so uh, whatever that is, it is generally easy to find that by going to somebody's profile. Most streamers will have, um, you've probably seen the like link in bio, right? The, right. Um, the link tree of these are all the different ways that you can find me or contact me. So 
look to whatever the streamer has pointed you towards for most effective. So like low key stalking, basically. (laughs) Yes. Minor. Very very tiny. But generally speaking, like folks will have that link in bio uh, at the header of their Twitter profile on their Twitch page in their wherever, because we don't want to miss opportunities either. And so if I have to check 12 different places to keep up with my anything. And y'all know that sometimes even my email inbox is not the the place that I catch quickly. Um, it is, I, I think it's just, it's important to be able to realize that you want that efficacy. They want to work to hear from you. Yep. So, okay. Yeah. Great. So I think what would also be helpful for folks who haven't ever, they're trying to imagine this, haven't been on Twitch who are folks that they could go look at? Like, do you have things that people could go look at um, so they could kind of get a sense of what you're talking about? Sure. I-R-L, <laughs> you know, or sort of like cohesively thinking about how all those pieces come together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are, so I do have archives of some of my old fundraisers um, that, and those are available on my Twitch page. Um, and as we had the conversation beforehand, I was like, I'll also make those a little bit more, uh, a little bit more available easier okay. to find on Twitch and on We'll YouTube. put them in the show notes too, yep. so folks can kind of search and try to find it. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of folks who do make a, a vested part of their brand, their fundraising as well. Um, Dr. Lupo, uh, D-R-L-U-P-O is a very large, uh, you know, does a lot of fundraising connected with a lot of organizations that way. Um, probably my, my personal favorite, uh, fundraiser focused streamer is, uh, Ellie Joy Panic. Uh, she raises money for a host of causes. Um, most recently did one for, uh, for dementia and dementia awareness. Um, what I really love about watching her streams is that she has a community that is, very conscious, very socially minded. Um, whenever, whenever anybody comes to Ellie's stream, um, there's a little announcement. Like if I, as a streamer, bring my community to her stream, um, and she'll, you know, introduce herself, introduce herself with her pronouns, talk about the different causes that she's interested in. Um, and I can always trust that when I'm spending time there, whatever cause she's raising money for, whatever game she's playing, whatnot, I know that I will feel good about bringing somebody else to that space. Um, so I, I think that those are a couple of really good organizations, uh, really good streamers. If you want to take a look at somebody who's, you know, super high level, known for doing it professionally. And uh, also one of my personal favorites, who also is a partnered Twitch streamer and and does great work, but is more likely to be in the, in, in a, a midsize, in a great. midsize range. Okay. Thanks I'm going to tune in and watch those now. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, professional fundraising streamers. I like it. it. Well, so as a guest on the fundraising elevator, we always like to step into the elevator and go on a little ride and ask our guests the same two questions about sort of what's happening with the party upstairs and then what tools and resources we need down in the basement. So if you would step into the fundraising elevator with me, I'd love to ask you uh, about a great party you've been in f- really a, an event on Twitch would be ideal, but what made it outstanding? What like made it memorable? You talked a little bit about Ellie's stream, but what makes for a great Twitch party? Yeah. So for me, I think everybody goes to their respective spaces for different reasons. Um, this wasn't a fundraiser, but is one of my most like memorable. And this was, I guess, near the beginning of, of COVID and lockdown. Uh, they're harmonics. They're the company that makes, uh, Guitar Hero, Rock Band, okay. that kind of thing. Um, they had released a game called uh, Drop Mix that I was really oh, a yeah. big yes. fan of. Yeah, and we became a big fan because of your big fandom. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it allows folks to essentially become their own DJs uh-huh. and like make make music without having to be an actual DJ, which I'm not. Um what was really interesting was that they had a series of events for this game that they released called Fuser, which was sort of their follow-up 
to uh, to drop mix, and they brought in DJs to run sets on stream. So good. Oh, and so what so I good. what I didn't know is that Shaq, like Shaquille O'Neal, uh-huh. uh-huh. he's a real DJ. Yeah, yeah. DJ Diesel, and the set just destroyed. And so I'm sitting in I'm I'm sitting in a dark basement like a gamer but like you know i'm sitting i'm sitting in my basement watching this show and watching a, a dj who i didn't know was a dj just absolutely revel in creating this very enjoyable music and there's this sense that I was able to get even just watching the text chat of other people who were putting in their various emotes or, you know, cheering or whatever the thing was. It was like I was able to get a little bit of that energy that I might have gotten being at a live concert. Yep. Um, and that was a really great experience for me. And I think it was because I was watching somebody who was talented at a thing, mm-hmm. do a thing that they obviously enjoyed Love. it while they were doing it. Yeah. Because I have seen events where you bring in somebody who is talented, but they are not vibing and that's <laughs> awkward. Um, and and I also got to be in a space where I was comfortable. Yeah. Right? And so... It, that would have been a really uncomfortable situation if I'd been in person with a bunch of other people enjoying it. But during COVID lockdown, exactly, <laughs> you know. And so I think that there was a there was an ability for me to be present in a way that is real to me. And I think that that is something that we're all experiencing with our devices and trying to figure out a balance point of right. Yep. How do we this this device that gives us an opportunity to explore the whole world in a way right. that can be very intimate because we are looking at a screen. There is a, um, as, as you brought up earlier, Kristen, you know, you're, you're looking at somebody right. Right. who you feel like is looking at you. Yeah. And there's a lot of power that comes from yep. that. And so being conscious of that and when you let that really like sink in and when you also recognize like, no, that person does not know me. Uh, but I, I think that that combination of situations made for something that was, was yeah, really memorable. And I even get a little energy just thinking That's about awesome. it. Amazing. All right. So if we hop in the elevator and head down to the basement where we have our tools, what is the tool that a nonprofit should think about as the most like enticing, persuasive way to get a streamer to say yes? It's going to sound like you planted this answer, but story. Yep. Um the yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, I do think that part of my recognition of the impact of story comes from the time that I've spent with Swaim and seeing the ways that various organizations that I either didn't know about or like had heard the name of but mm-hmm. had had not ever ever really been involved with. Part of the reason that I started to have a passion for like Girls Inc. was because. I was able to understand what it is they do and who is doing it. That storytelling is not just about we raise this money and we put it in these hands. Right. It's these are impassioned people who care about this cause that is important. Um, my my favorite charity that I fundraise for on a regular basis is called Player Versus Hunger. And it was started by a friend of mine, um, Sylvie Dow, who actually was the first streamer that I really watched that made me feel like there was a space for me to be in streaming. Mm -hmm. So frequently you, you know, people think that streaming is just like, insert loud yelling person playing a game where you're shooting things. And like, her stream was not like that. She was very calm. She did. She wasn't on camera at all. You could just hear her voice. Um, and she was running this, this community in this space that made me feel like, wait, I, I actually maybe do have a space on Twitch. She started this, uh, organization called player versus hunger. That is a, a very hung, you know, hunger focused charity. Yeah. Um, trying to contact and connect with, uh, streamers and folks in the game space. And she predominantly works in Houston where she's based out of and works primarily with communities of color, providing support that larger organizations may miss as they're providing yep. their opportunities. Yep. There's a lot that I learned about hunger and the ways that, again, sort of, you know, larger tier organizations are able to come in and do a certain amount of work, but there are oftentimes gaps that are left in, and it's really important 
to have these smaller organizations who are there on the ground, who are connected with the community, who will be there before and after whatever the yeah. the disaster yeah. event is. And they need money and support and attention and recognition as well. And I wouldn't have understood that if I hadn't been so focused on story and that impact. So that 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 would be my my big takeaway. That's really what I need as a streamer. I need to be able to feel that story so that when I am communicating with my audience, they are able to feel it from me. I heard like an audio cue go off for Kristen that was like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> well, I mean, as a not only as a streamer, but as a human. Absolutely. Belonging, right? Like we're all hopefully on a path to belonging and story is a great mechanism to get there. Um, I love listening to you talk. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so, so grateful to have you um, both here so that people can, can be a part of that, but also just to know you're in the world. So thank you for all that you do. Um, It's important for us to connect people. So if folks want to, see you, connect with you. Twitch, where should they find you? Sure. Um, If folks are looking for me on Twitch, you can find me on my channel, Intelligame. It's like intelligent, but with game at the end. Um, We do play a range of games. Uh, They may be action games. They might be card games. They might be whatever. So long as generally they have a focus on some sort of narrative and discussion for us to have. Um, so you can go to twitch.tv slash IntelliGame for that. You can also find uh, IntelliGame content on YouTube, youtube.com slash IntelliGame. Um, I am trying to get better at posting on YouTube. Again, we had this discussion about the the after the thing. Um, one of my big learnings, I think we've all had a big pandemic learning and one of them is like, hey, these are the ways that you need to be willing to accept help. And so a (laughs) uh, big shout out to my friend Chris, who is helping with video editing and uploading right now. So if people want to get help from you, you actually consult in this space. Yes. So let's say we have an organization that's like, yes, we want to do this. We have no idea how. (laughs) How do they get a hold of you for some consulting? Yes. So uh, I started Crit Save Consulting. Uh, You know, it's a a critical saving device. And so uh, if you reach out to, uh, you can go to critsave.co or you can email me directly, josh at critsave.co. I do live streaming consulting as well as a host of services around narrative and sensitivity. So uh, whether it's Game design, narrative design, storytelling for books, movies, that kind of thing. I've, I'm just really excited to be able to work with people who have an important story to tell. Love it. All of these will be in the show notes. <laughs> yes. And listeners, tune into Twitch, check it out, learn a little bit, find a Twitch streamer you love, and then figure out how to tie that into your fundraising. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. Thank mm. you for being here. And uh, we're happy to have you join us on the fundraising elevator. Thank you so much for the invite. This was an absolute blast. And it's always good to spend time with you. Awesome. Thank you. The Fundraising Elevator is produced in partnership with Swaim Strategies at the studios of the AV department. The program is produced by April Clark and directed by Steve Osborne, with audio engineering and original music by Dwayne Anderson and Heidi Christensen. Video production by Chris Peterson, Whitney Gomes, and Nathan Bouquet. Video editing by Steve Osborne. Graphic design by Pendulum Creative Group. And support from Sophia Keller, John Lyles, and Andy Dowsett.